This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, of course, the sous chef of the garden show, Frank Proctor. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here she is, the maven of marigolds, the sweet petunia of planting, to say nothing of her Boris Karloff approach to killing bugs of all stripes, the one, the only, Charlie Dobbin. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. I need, like, a drum roll or oh, something. Oh, I know. You yes, should have had one. Yeah. But, you like know, I'm twirling before... <laughs> in on my... Uh... You know, Before we do anything else, slippers. want to welcome a new face in the control room there, James Patrick Dooley. Uh, he's a, a producer in training with our own Dan Ellison, <laughs> and uh, we're going to have lots of fun with him. Oh, oh you are. Oh, yeah. Ooh, tell you. I was just, James. I was saying, did you do anything? You know, St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. March 18th, must have been a rough morning for you. <laughs> James Patrick Dooley, I'm telling you. Oh, and he you? said, well, he's, he's all excited now because uh, uh, being on this show, you know, is almost the height of entertainment. I was going to say, who St. Almost. Patrick's when you oh, can do the garden oh, yes. show. Right? And here comes Dan with my belt. Come on in, Dan. Oh, that scary I bell. forgot my belt. He had to run down the hall to get it. Thank you. There it is. That's what you'll hear when a first-time caller makes his or herself known. As a, and so if you don't want to get the bell rung on you, it's okay. Just <laughs> pretend you've called in the past. We won't know. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you rascal. Hey, oh. I've met... Oh, do you want to give the numbers and then I'll Gee, that'd be a good idea. Sure, that's my one really only job. I was going to say, it's oh, already yeah. 909, <laughs> so feel free. <laughs> okay. In Toronto, call 4... <laughs> 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And you were about to say something important there. Everything I say is important. <laughs> well, that's what you tell me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you for that. You're doing a fine job, Frank. I'm really, well, I'm tired and he's all punchy, so we may have a very silly show here. As you know, I've been at Canada Blooms right. nonstop. Oh, yeah. Built the show for a week. Now, it's been on for a week. There's only two days left, today and tomorrow. And I was down there last night yes, to indeed. see you and take a quick look around, and it's quick fabulous. Quick look at the wine garden. That was, yeah. uh, that was oh, we, the one we looked we, at the We best. spent more time in the wine garden than anywhere else. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lovely wine garden for tasting wines uh, from Rife Winery, and it's yeah. really nicely designed, actually, yeah. <clears throat> by Maury Gardens. So we did check that one out. Um, I've been meeting all kinds of our listeners, so big, you know, big shout-out to everybody who's come and said hello and, you know, hello back. Because uh, it's uh, it's great to see people and hear people and in, in, you know face to face. Put a face to the yeah. listeners, yeah. <clears throat> and you know what? Uh, the the exhibit I really loved was the one you took me over where Mac was there. Um, Mac, oh gosh, um, no, Mark. Uh, 
Adam, you're thinking Adam, Adam the Unverse, children's right? garden. Yeah, the children's the garden, playground. the huge, huge log that mm. they use as a slide. Now, when I say huge, I mean huge, and it's verithaned, and it just oh, it looks so cool. But it's all the verithane's worn off because yeah. of all the kids sliding on it, <laughs> and and mums and dads too. Uh huh. It's yeah. a, it's actually an oak. It's a, um, it's an old oak, two hundred year old oak. So you know that's the slide. And it's, it's I would say about seven feet long, and it's really yeah. beautiful. Just alone for mm-hmm. that alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very lovely garden and it's a lot of fun to watch the kids well anyway it looks like a great show honest to be it is it's a great show and just a uh, as i said on today from 10 until sorry 9 till 10 mm-hmm. no wrong 10 till 9 10 a.m till 9 p.m today mm-hmm. and tomorrow 10 a.m to 5 p.m and then it's all over and you get to clean up that's right. I'm still mm. there for a couple more days to take it all down and, and donate all those lovely plants. Because that's always a big question is, what do we do with those half a million plants? Yeah, right. They get donated. We've got retirement residences that will be receiving flowers. We have schoolyards and municipalities that will be receiving trees to go into parks. Uh, we have, um, yeah, sort of a couple of conservancy groups that are looking for shrubbery, for events, and to plant uh, in sort of new oh, that's gardens. Nice. So, yeah, it's that's actually... It's a big deal to bring all those plants in and get them into the right locations in a timely fashion. Now it's the reverse, getting all those plants out and then having them set aside and picked up by all these various groups because we do not chip or destroy any of those plants if we if we don't need to. Absolutely, no. It's just uh, marvelous, and some of the the landscape. Gardens. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, joined later today with one of our landscape designers, uh, feature garden builders, Janet Enamorato of Creative Garden Designs will be with us in a little while. But just a quick uh, update on a meeting tomorrow. If you've already done Canada Blooms and you don't need to go downtown, then go to the Greater Toronto Bulb Society's first meeting of 2013. So tomorrow at 1.30 p.m., the main speaker is Michael Erdman, and he's speaking on Narcissi, There Isn't a Daffodil I Didn't Like, followed by a mini-talk given by Dougald Cameron of Garden Imports, and he'll be speaking about summer surprises. So the meetings are held at the Cummer Park Community Centre, southwest corner of Cummer and Leslie, 6,000 Leslie Street in North York, Toronto. Parking is free, and of course, everyone is welcome. Just one more thing I want to say, yeah. thinking about Canada Blooms. Tomorrow is sit-down Sunday. The Master Gardeners are hosting an event where you can get one-on-one FaceTime for 20 minutes with your very own Master Gardener. I remember you mentioning this before. That's what Lantina was here, idea. and she yeah. was telling us about it. And so remember, tomorrow is the last chance for a sit-down Sunday at Canada Blooms. You can book your meeting online at canadablooms.com and bring pictures, bring examples, bring your questions, and there you are, an expert just just for you for a full 20 minutes tomorrow. That's wonderful. One thing I forgot to mention, and uh, wouldn't you know it would be our little motto, call early, call often, one question per call. And we, Charlie, are going to be back in just moments to have a chat with our first caller here on The Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, 
stocks, stocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Joined as usual by your ever-affable host, Frank Proctor. Yes. Oh, I like that. Ever-affable. Yeah, ever-affable. Mm. Mm. Uh, Brenda yeah, from... Wordmeister today. <laughs> Brenda from Dundas is on the line, our first caller this morning. Hi, Brenda. Hi. Um, before I ask my question, I would like to say that the man who answers your phone, Patrick, was it? Uh, he it, also has an affable voice. Oh, Dan Ellison, nice that would be. Please yes. be kind to him. <laughs> well, that's because he's a PEIer, and you know, he's heading back, unfortunately for us, uh, in one sense. He's heading back to live in PEI in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, oh. James Patrick O'Dooley. O'Dooley. Will be now over. you're making yeah, his well, name O'Dooley. Yeah, no, it's well, Dooley. I'll James Dooley. He'll be taken over. Yeah. Um, my question is. My nursery, nearby nursery, has husk plants. Mm-hmm. I call them hellebores. Oh, okay, two different plants. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the hellebore that I'm, I mean to ask about then. Okay. Um, if I buy one now, mm. how am I going to keep it until it's time to plant it? Like, do I keep it in the house? Well, okay, one of the tricks to all this is if your local garden center is selling plants now, like living breathing yeah. organism type plants i imagine they're selling them inside the store not outside am i right i don't know because when i went there yesterday they'd sold out and they said they were getting some more in in april oh huh mm-hmm. okay well the pasque flower you're referring to both okay both of these plants hellebores and pasque flower so p-a-s-q-u-e mm-hmm. uh properly known as pulsatilla uh both of these are very early spring blooming plants. Mm. The difference is that a pasque flower has a real furry, fuzzy leaf and is a herbaceous perennial. So it goes to sleep and disappears all winter. You don't see anything above ground. And then it pokes its little head up in the spring and has all kinds of lovely purple flowers. Mm. Hellebores, on the other hand, are evergreen. So oh. you do see they are a perennial, but they don't. the plant doesn't go entirely to sleep. So you will still see the green leaves above ground all winter. And then, of course, early in the spring, flowers burst out of the plant, and it's just a, a thing of beauty. <clears throat> but Does you're, it have the same kind of flower as the past flowers? Sort of. I mean, the common name for hellebore is Lenten rose. The, the flower on a hellebore is very rose-like in its mm. appearance. If you were from Western Europe or the UK, you would call it Christmas rose because it right. blooms at Christmas time there and obviously Lent time here. Mm. The past flower is similar, but it's got a lot more petals. It's not just that simple rose, you know, five-petaled flower. It yeah, actually I've has more than that. One of my neighbors has one, and, and theirs has very, very dark leaves, mm. and I can see the leaves there when I walk past. Right, so that sounds like hellebore. Now, your real question was, what are you going to do with it while the ground is frozen? What you're going to do is it's going to depend on what the state of the plant is when you buy it. Honestly, I think you'll find that any growing plants that are for sale right now in any garden center are being sold inside the store. Mm. And that's your clue. If they're selling them inside in a heated, you know, store-like situation, you're going to take them home to your home into that same heated situation. If... Just leave it in the house until, uh, until May... Well, until the ground is thawed. Yeah. But if they're selling them outside uh, in a kind of a sheltered, cold frame, you know, very, very cool, unheated space, 
again, that's your clue to not take it into your house, but to mimic those conditions. So when you're taking it home, it might be putting it out on the unheated porch or into the unheated garage, whatever the case may be. But you're going to mimic whatever conditions you the, the plants are so in. Whatever I find it in, I should mirror that condition at home. That's right. And as right. soon as you can work the ground, uh, then you'll get those plants into the ground. Thank you. Okay, thanks for your call. Very good, Brenda. Thank you very much for calling The Garden Show here at AM740. I was a little skimpy uh, giving our phone numbers, so let me do that one more time. 416-360-0740 and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And I see we have Paul on the line from, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Evelyn on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. Good morning. I'm violet sick. <laughs> oh, you're violet sick? Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, you've called the right place. <laughs> I know. I've called before. This isn't my first call. Oh, okay. My first call in a couple of years, okay. <laughs> but not my first call. Uh, yeah, well, this pilot, you see, I grew from a leaf, and mm. it grew very nicely. It had nice leaves, and it bloomed. And then the leaves started to look a little pinchy, so I thought maybe it needed a bigger pot. So I transplanted it to another pot, and all the big leaves turned yellow, and it sort of fell off eventually. And then they grew smaller leaves, which was okay. Yeah. Anyway, but then the, now the smaller leaves are, are kind of rotting, like they're all getting moist and everything. And I tried watering, I tried not watering, I tried more sun, less sun. <laughs> Nothing helped this poor thing. Any suggestions? Well, starting way back when you said that you transplanted, yeah. uh, based on the fact that the, the plant wasn't seeming very happy, uh, when you did the transplanting, was that recently, like in the last few months? Um, yeah, I guess a few months ago, yeah, for sure. And I've just put it in, I only had like a pot that was like one size larger. It wasn't a bit much bigger pot. Okay, well, that's good. Well, just a rule of thumb for everybody. When a plant is not looking really happy uh, and our impulse is to transplant, remember that an unhappy plant that is then further stressed by the transplanting process Mm. often becomes unhappier. Oh, dear. Also, if we do our transplanting in the fall, when plants are naturally slowing down, shutting down, almost becoming semi-dormant for the winter, even though they, they are inside our homes, again... they're slowing down. The last thing they want to do is cope with the new pot, the new circumstances. They're just, they just want to be left alone, really. Um, Time to do your transplanting is in the spring. Uh. Plants are actively growing. They're full of energy. They're bursting forth with all kinds of energy. And all we, we give them a bigger pot and they fill, you know, roots will grow to fill that pot and the plant will grow to, you know, Mm -hmm. balance the roots. So just... Don't think of transplanting as a, a way to make an unhappy plant happier, particularly in the fall. The other thing we tend to do is we fertilize when we see an unhappy plant. And again, not always the best thing, particularly in the fall. If the plants will not use the fertilizer. What I would do now is uh, two things. One is leave it in the pot it's in. It doesn't sound like it was a huge dramatic jump up. So just leave it in the pot it's in. Do not uh, water. Let it dry. Let that soil dry right down till it, maybe not quite to the concrete stage, but at least to the really dry stage. Mm -hmm. If there's very little leaf on the plant, it's not going to be using a lot of water at this point. So just let it dry right down till there's, you know, you'd feel the soil and there's just a little bit of bounce left in it and it feels fairly dry to the touch. Then it'll be time to water. Tepid, right? Room temperature water that's been sitting out for a couple of days, preferably. Watering only the soil or the saucer below, avoiding any moisture on the leaves. 
look carefully, make sure there's no evidence of mildew or mold or insects. Uh, African violets don't usually get a lot of insects, though. The furry leaves protect them from insects, so they're usually pretty good that way. But they can get some mildews and molds if there's just too much humidity or too much moisture for too long. Um, and yeah, I keep like east window, east or northeast, you know, bright spot, but yeah. not a lot of direct sunlight is usually best. Avoid drafts, no hot drafts, no cold drafts, and just let it be. Just talk to it nicely, play some music for it, you know what I mean? Like just do nice things, send it some good vibes, but don't do a lot of uh, watering or, or sort of that kind of hovering. Yeah, I guess it was the transplanting maybe that it didn't like. It's, it, well, it does. It sets them back a bit. And, of course, we don't mind setting them back in the spring because they're ready to jump forward anyway. But in the fall, it can be quite stressful. But why, why would you think the large leaves were turning yellow? Uh, it could be from a couple of things. If you've moved the location of the plant from where those large leaves grew, those large leaves may not be getting sufficient light. Like the light levels may have changed dramatically, so those leaves die off and new leaves grow. And we do see that sometimes, or exactly, it could be overwatering. <laughs> the sous chef is suggesting overwatering. Yeah, exactly. I've killed few with kindness. Well, it's the easiest way to kill houseplants is too much water, too much love, too much water. Anyway, I'll try to nurse it along. All right. I'll try not to make that That's right. mistake again. Just Thank love you. it from afar. Okay. Love your Thanks, program. Evelyn. All right. Thank Keep you, Evelyn. Good work. <laughs> bye. All righty. Bye bye. Well, Charlie's in for a real treat. Uh, usually, about this time, I start doing my exercises, sort of a visual cue mm-hmm. for her to give a little chat about Sierra Sill. And uh, a lot of you regular listeners will know that I sometimes change into <laughs> my Sierra Sill costume, which comes complete with cape. But uh, I was lucky enough. Get, I was lucky oh, enough, no. Charlie, to get to get in on the last buy of the you Lemon Lulu, Lulu tra- lemon. transparent yoga pants. <laughs> so I'm I'm just pulling those on now, and now I'm uh, just covering my eyes. Uh, uh, oh, by golly, they don't are, they bend are really over tight fitting. whatever you do. <laughs> <They are>. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the problem when you bend over. Then they get, become really transparent. I'm telling you, I'm covering my eyes. All right, all right. The reason Frank is getting on his yoga <laughs> pants and getting active is because he takes his Sierra Sil. Not completely natural mineral supplement designed to keep the joints and, and elbows and wrists and everything moving pain-free. So you want your body to be a well-oiled machine, just like Frank, but avoid Lululemon pants. Uh, you too can try Sierra Sill. There's lots of good information on their website, sierrasill.ca, or call them at one 877 joint 14 or you can just pick up Sierra Sill at many of your local health food stores like Ambrosia Foods in Newmarket and Thornhill. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. On this Saturday, March 23rd, Frank Proctor along with Charlie as we welcome Paul from Thornhill to the line. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Um, I found a bag in a closet with um, tulips, daffodils, whatever, and they haven't been planted. They were bought in the fall. Mm. What should I do with them? I've got a sort of like a back porch, but maybe I could put them there. Yeah, that's uh, that's always such a sort of a bad surprise, right, when you find you've, yeah. you've made the effort to buy them. And, of course, what is the condition of those bulbs? That would be my first question. Great. Really? They're good and firm? Yeah, everything's fine with them. No evidence of any mildew or mold or anything like that? Um, only on me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you need is a couple of pots. Oh, yeah. Some potting soil. 
Right. You need to get those bulbs. Now, frankly, I guess, if how many bulbs are we talking here? 10, uh, 12? Seven packages. Oh, that's quite a few. So what I would do is, uh, yeah, get some pots, get some potting soil, get those little bulbs, pot it up, just as if you're going to force them. So uh, the difference when we, we plant them into pots is that we plant them high. All right. The, the little pointy tops of the bulbs will be just sticking up out of the soil. Uh-huh. Unlike if we had planted them in the ground before winter, they would have been down, you know, several inches below ground, right always on. pointy end up. So I would be inclined to kind of put a, a pot of the, my daffodils and pots of tulips. Might right end on. up with seven or eight or ten pots. Right. Water once. Uh, take these pots, put them out on your unheated porch. Right. And... See where it goes from there. Yeah, I'm just thinking you'd almost be better. See, for this to work properly, you kind of need dark. How? What's it like on your porch? Is it wide open to the outside in terms of light and bright? Yeah, that's it. Uh, light and bright, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, what's the best way to do this? Normally what we do, we refrigerate and we'll almost put in like green garbage bags, you know, okay, just over top so that we've got dark, we've got cool, you've watered once, let them stay there. And you're going to find that in about a month, right? Uh, you're going to look under the green garbage bag every week or so, but in about four weeks, when you look, they're going to be growing quite a bit. And at okay. that point, it's uh, it, you're going to probably want to just put them outside and use them as part of a front door display or something you like that. It. But they should come up with all kinds of great flowers. Enjoy okay. that and then get them in the garden in the summer. Okay, now one other question. You know how you buy these plants for, you know, like tulips and mm-hmm. whatever, and then they sort of like die off, mm-hmm. but the bulbs are still okay. Yep. Can they be thrown into the garden in the, um, the spring as uh, well? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like the, the kind of bulbs we're growing for at Canada Blooms, right? They're, they're planted in a pot. They're flowering like crazy. Many of us receive these as gifts. Right. So for sure, enjoy the flowers. Then just cut the flowers off when they're done. Right. Let the leaves do their thing. They have to grow. Right. They're not real pretty, but they're green plants that slowly but surely turn more and more yellow. Exactly. And so pull back on your watering as the plant is not using the water as much. Okay. Uh, and you're going to find that's a process, four to five to six weeks till the pot is just yellow leaves. Right. Stick that pot outside if you want, somewhere where it's out of the rain. Just let it be a dormant pot of dormant bulbs. Okay. And when you get around to it, whether it's summer or fall, for sure, get those bulbs into the ground with the expectation that you will see them coming up in your garden next spring. Okay, wonderful. Thanks for the advice. My pleasure. Thank you for joining the show, Paul. Thanks for calling. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. About to welcome someone uh, brand new to the show. Yes. And uh, not to you. Of course, you know this lady from uh, Canada Blues. I do. So the proper introduction is coming up next. Three, two, one, go. (laughs) Thanks so much. All right. We're welcoming Janet Enamorato of Creative Garden Designs. Her garden at Canada Blooms is entitled Enchanted Greenery. And the description that uh, is posted on the website, Canada Blooms website, is enter into a garden that will show you all the magic surrounding green roofs. Discover the most sustainable way to manage the growing demand for high-quality produce on a local level. Urban agriculture. Learn how to lower both heating and cooling costs and therefore energy consumption. This is good timing. It's Earth Hour tonight. So explore the many benefits of green vertical growing spaces. So we've got Janet on the line. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Charlie. How are you this sunny day? I'm doing well. My voice is a little off because i got a bit of a cold. um, Oh, you were at the wine bar too, were you? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm Frank. Nice to meet you, Janet. Janet, I wanted to say this is Frank Proctor. So don't worry, all of our voices are a little rough, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. after uh, many, many days of talking. Certainly uh, you've been at Canada Blooms for the last number of days. How's it going in your garden? 
Oh, absolutely fantastic. I've, uh, I just finished speaking to some early um, morning tour uh, visitors, mm-hmm. and um, it's really um, wonderful to get their responses. They're, they're excited about all the gardens. They're marvelous. Mm-hmm. And um, when they come into mine, it's, it's, it's almost like, okay, um, oh, attention over here, because they're looking at all the different elements. And um, I've got a number of really interesting things and um, lots to explain to them. So that's actually part of the reason that my voice is gone. <laughs> well, I think I, if I was, if, for people that are listening that have been to the show, mm-hmm. probably, or for me anyway, the most memorable thing in your garden that I think most people will remember is Janet's garden has a dog house mm-hmm. with a little puppy dog yeah. sitting in it, uh, sort of hanging out, lying down. And on the roof of the dog house is a garden. She's got a green oh. roof doghouse. Yeah. So tell us, and for people, yeah, who've been to the show, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So tell us about the green roof on the doghouse. Okay. Um, so I'm a GRP, green roof professional. So I'm a consultant for people that want to install green roofs. And um, in this particular garden, my thought was to incorporate um, a sort of symbolic, mm-hmm. this, uh, this little green roof. So um, this one is what they refer to as um, an extensive, so that means the simplest form of green roof, and I've used sedum mats. They actually grow them similar to how you grow sod. Mm-hmm. They grow them as mats, and then they can be installed on top of the roof. Now, um, as, as we were saying, when I talk to people about it, I, I I give them a simple explanation, which is that the puppy is cool in the summer mm-hmm. and warm in the winter. Um, now, in a proper installation, that would... Um, help you benefit in lowering the costs of mm-hmm. your heating and cooling in your home. Right. Um, the the symbolic uh, little mat is 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 uh, less than four feet um, across uh, square, so it, it obviously doesn't uh, do that. But um, it's just really to kind of get the message across. Properly installed with uh, the appropriate drainage mm-hmm. and sub um, levels to protect your roof. There's mm-hmm. Um, water, waterproof water, um, yeah, waterproof membranes layers, and things, yeah. um, then it really does uh, perform that, that service. And uh, the other notable benefit, there's a lot of benefits and advantages to green roofs, um, is the fact that um, <clears throat> we're getting a lot of torrential rains these days, it mm-hmm. seems. In the, in, the, in the cities, there's an issue with uh, handling the overflow, so mm, a green roof totally helps to reduce the stormwater runoff. Because it grabs that water and holds on to it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so that's like a huge benefit. The one um, thing people do have to keep in mind, of course, just like with any plant material, um, it's not no maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, But uh, that being said, it can be designed and installed in such a way that it's very low maintenance. Now, Janet, uh, help me with this a little bit. Are we talking the entire roof here or just a portion of? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a very good question. Um, depending on um, how your home is built, um, in some cases people have the green roof on a very gently sloping section. Uh, you can do it on steep, um, steep angled roofs as well, but then there's a, a number of other elements that have to be taken into consideration to anchor it into place. Um, it's obviously uh, something that's come across from Europe years and years and years ago, and they, mm-hmm. they, they, they did that everywhere on, on, their, on their complete homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've um, actually spoken to people and consulted on uh, projects where it's just one 
one section of the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the porch just, or something, or the garage. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, some people just do it on the garage because it's a wonderful thing to uh, to look out at, too. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part, the obvious aesthetics. Um, uh, Green Roofs for Healthy Cities is an association that's um, very deeply involved in this, and they um, uh, were uh, instrumental in encouraging the city to... Um, to introduce and yeah, the bylaw. Yes, that uh, bylaw in 2010, which obligates condominium complexes and large commercial product, um, um, properties to have green roofs if they're above a certain square footage. Right. Of course, with the, with the steeper roofs, you know, mm-hmm. that's got to be a problem getting the lawnmower up there. <laughs> to, you know, it's I the weeding that's that tough. Yeah, that's that's it. No, well, it's not grass you're putting no, up there. No, it's seed. It's seed. Said, no, sedum oh, is a plant. Oh. Frank doesn't know his plants too no, well. I don't. Okay, Frank. Uh, so, sedum. What's a common name of sedum? Um, well, actually, it um, is sedum. I guess. What is it? Yeah, it's a <laughs> succulent. It's a very yeah. low-growing succulent yeah. plant, okay. like almost like a desert. Not a not a cactus, but a low-growing plant that is able to store a lot of water in its roots and leaves and withstands extreme heat oh, okay. and drought and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It looks oh. great in the fall because you get fall color. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have, uh, there's quite a few varieties mm-hmm. of it. And, um, Flowers. They, they do. They flower yeah. at different times. It can be gorgeous, absolutely. Well, Toronto Botanical Gardens has a green yeah. roof, which is <clears throat> many varieties of sedum. And so you get swirls of yellows and reds and pinks when it's mm-hmm. flowering and then a great fall color as well. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's what confused me. I thought we were talking maybe several roofs, so let's go see them. That's a series. Well, see them. Let's, let's go out yeah. and see them together. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and where I've been staying downtown at the Hyatt Hotel, I've been overlooking Mountain Equipment Co-op, and that yeah. was one of the first green roofs in Toronto, as far as I recall. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and they are... Um, uh, really happy with it, and they have um, a company, Ecoman. He, mm-hmm. I've had a chat with him. Mm-hmm. He actually maintains that, and mm-hmm. so they're okay. forward-thinking, and that's the way you have for the longevity. You have to make sure that it's properly yeah. maintained, so that you know when birds uh, come by for a visit and and perhaps leave uh, unwanted seeds in um, uh, after they <laughs> visit. Yeah. Um, Do they uh, poop all over <laughs> your roof? Yeah, yeah. So exactly. You just have to watch for. Um, they kind of deviant. Yeah, um, no, that's a good point. Material, that kind of but that's, yeah. that's diaper your birds. Sorry? All right, so, diaper your birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There okay, you go. Frank. The that's the new <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yeah, Frank's on it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> put him in charge of that committee. Um, all right, so there. So the green roof uh, idea and sort of as you point out, the education of. What is a green roof has been yeah. a big part of your garden, yeah. but there's more. There's an urban agricultural theme going on as well. Yes, yes, and that's it. When I explain the garden to people, um, the first thing I say is it's it's kind of like an example of a city garden. So that in the space of 20 feet by 50 feet, I'm showing all the different elements that you can incorporate into that space. So we're taking advantage of not only the horizontal but the vertical as well. Mm-hmm. So I have um, the the green wall on mm-hmm. the one end, so that's the living green wall, so that's an interesting thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then in the lower area, I have, um, yes, as I refer to as urban agriculture, a lot of people um, look at it and say, well, that's a veggie garden. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Surrounded you know, by flowers. Idea. Yeah. So the, well, that's it. The whole idea of grow local, eat local, so mm-hmm. that's part of that little mm-hmm. message. But in this particular case, when I design for people um people's gardens they ask for a vegetable garden but they want it sort of tucked out of the mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. obviously a vegetable garden needs to be in full sun mm-hmm. to to make the most of it and so 
what I've done is I've said, okay, we can totally make this look really attractive mm-hmm. by incorporating some kind of a central uh, feature. The focal point mm-hmm. of this garden here at Bloom's is um, an iron tree. So it's a, an iron sculpture. It's, it's lovely. Iron tree. Um, and in this case, it has floral arrangements on the top. And this is, again, just an example. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to stumble across this tree when I took my dog for a walk <laughs> in January in really? the park. And um, this uh, iron tree was um, tucked away behind the greenhouses, stored, um, mm. and I saw it through a chain link fence. So I found my way to the front entrance of the green uh, um, the greenhouses there, and chatted with uh, fellow Scott, and uh, um, got permission to borrow oh, it. I do have to oh, return it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's so often what Canada Blooms is all about. It's very collaborative, which I yes. think is one other thing that's going on in your garden. You've got a lot, big team working yes. together. Yes. Now I know Absolutely. that people are already lined up there and and having their questions answered by uh, the experts as we speak. Uh, opening is ten o'clock, correct? That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if if folks listening right now have the day planned to to get to uh, Canada. Canada Blooms and the National Home Show, which you get in for free. Um, by all means, uh, try and locate for us where you are within Canada Blooms, starting at the wine bar. <laughs> <laughs> GPS from yeah, the wine bar. From the wine bar. What are the coordinates of your garden? <laughs> yeah. Are you... If I could just say, um, the when we talk about team, mm-hmm. uh, Hollander Landscaping was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. It could not have been done without them. And uh, um, so I'm very grateful to everything they did. I, I work often with them mm-hmm. through the season, and uh, they've done a marvelous job. Lori DeMontio, who does your garden, mm-hmm. she, she's my right hand. You know, Charlie, yeah, how I much know. help she's been to me. She's great. Yeah, yeah. And Vertical Landscape Architects also yes, helped absolutely. out with some of your green walls and green roofs. Yes, that's his expertise, and he's, uh, he's, shown, he's shown what he can do exceptionally well in this that's garden. Right. I'd love pr- for people to come and see it. Pretty clever guy. So yeah. what is your garden number? That's a very good question, Charlie. It's uh, garden number 33, and um, people have an opportunity to take a look at all the, all the gorgeous gardens and, and uh, vote uh, People's Choice. That's right. Yeah. People's Choice Award will be given tomorrow. So get down to Canada Blooms, look at the gardens, vote for your favorite. Say hi to Janet in garden 33, Absolutely. sort of the northeast quadrant of Hall A, mm-hmm. is how I would describe it. Okay, right. yeah. There's a big information center, and you're just to the north of that. Yes. So wonderful. Well, thanks a bunch, Janet. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you later on. Thanks so much. Pleasure, pleasure talking thanks. to you, Janet. Thanks, Frank. Okay. Take care. Have a great day out there. And you know what surprised me yesterday, too? What? The large crowds in front of the stage. Man, oh, man. Because you got speakers up That's there right. and folks demonstrating things. And There was a guy giving away a, a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, making a draw for a big old bed. Well, we, we have a, the big main stage, yeah. as you point out. We share that with the National Home Show. So we take turns. We have garden well, experts cool. and home yeah. decor experts so there's just been a real interesting mix and no question people do get very excited about some of the stuff they're they're learning and now are you going to be speaking anymore or today i am on stage at three o'clock ah so there's another reason to visit there you go so because i and i will be giving the secrets behind how canada blooms comes together oh, the backstory oh, the right. inside <laughs> scoop about canada blooms and you see the big beautiful show pieces but what really goes on to get to that point. All righty. Well, the secrets have been bared here on the show. Yes, indeed. Frank is indeed wearing the uh, Lululemon transparent yoga pants. Love that word, as... bared. Woof. <laughs> I know. You think that was a half-assed comment? No, yeah. I meant that. Yes. 
<laughs> we're we're uh, turning things over to Charlie Dobbin, who has now regained her composure. Wait a minute. Whoops. She did for a moment. <laughs> She's working on it. Okay. But I've just got my eyes closed because uh, just those pants are Very too well. much. All right. So why is Frank wearing those see-through pants? Well, hard to say. He went to Lululemon <laughs> and bought them. But he did that because he has been doing a lot of exercising. Of course, why is he feeling good and staying in shape? Similar to myself, we're both taking on a daily basis three little capsules of Sierra Cell, which helps keep us pain-free, keeps the joints oiled and moving, and allows us to maintain the activities that we want to maintain. If you want to learn more about Sierra Cell, the website is wonderful, sierracill.ca. The phone number is easy, and there's people standing by to answer questions, one eight seven seven joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store. Any of the whole food markets carry Sierra Sill, and they're all over southern Ontario. The peanut mill, for instance, in yep, St. Catharines, Catharines so they carry in there, they for carry. sure. Yep. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And you're listening to AM 740, Zoomer Radio, 946 the time. Vicki, you've been very patient on the line there, uh, and uh, we do indeed welcome you from Brampton. How are you doing this morning? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. So what's going on? Um, I have uh, two uh, braided trunk hibiscus trees. Mm-hmm. And I bring them in off the um, deck in the winter. Now, there's one pink and one yellow. The pink one seems to be doing fine, but the one that gets the yellow flowers, um, even the new leaves coming in seem to be shriveling and dying, and I find the leaves are awful sticky. Oh, my. Yep, that's a good indication of insects. Yeah, and and when when I water it, Sometimes it's almost like uh, little fruit flies come right off the soil. Okay, that's a different insect. Uh, okay, the little, the, that look like fruit flies, they, are they a dark color? Like they're basically black or gray? Oh, geez, I couldn't tell you. They're so All right. tiny. All right, so, well, here. But I see them fly off. So, uh, an interesting point that your red or your pink hibiscus is, is tougher, perhaps a little more vigorous than the yellow. Um, frankly, many of the yellow flowers, whether it's roses or in this case, hibiscus are selected for their color and it's, but it's not their natural or original wild color. And they tend to be not as vigorous or as strong as the originals. So that's, um, just kind of an aside, but know in your heart of hearts that so often with yellow plants, we do have to be more extra vigilant to just keep them as healthy as we can. So, little what looks like fruit flies coming out of the soil are fungus gnats. So, G-N-A-T-S, gnat. And they're fungal, fungus gnats who eat the fungus in the soil. The more you water, the moister you keep your soil, the more fungus you have, the more fungus you have, the more fungus gnats you have. Well, can I tell you what I have been doing? Mm-hmm. Big saucers under both of the pots, and I've been watering them from the saucers rather than on the soil. Uh, okay, and that's fine, and because the plants do need water, there's no question. Yeah. But it's a little, the trick, the thing about watering from below, 
and you're right. This top. So right now, if you felt the surface of the soil, probably feel quite dry to the touch. Yeah. And yet, there's obviously moisture below, and it's kind of hard to know. Do you have a moisture meter? Do you have some way of kind of, or do you water by the calendar? How often are you watering? Uh, I usually water about every week, every seven days. Okay. And when you water, how much are you watering with? Like a gallon or half a gallon? Um, uh, probably half a gallon. Okay. And these are probably good ten inch or twelve inch pots that these oh, plants yeah. are in. Yeah, they're fairly big. So to, to lower the population of fungus gnats, what I would do is get a hold of this product called Sticky Sticks, made by Safers, uh, kind of like flypaper, except they're, it's yellow sticky paper that you get onto these little pointy, prongy things that stand in the soil, and the fungal, fungus gnats are attracted to the yellow, and they fly into the sticky stuff, and they're stuck, and they can't get out, and they die. Oh. So that will lower your population of fungus gnats. And, of course, it's not too long till you're going outside. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe it's spring now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the sun is definitely getting more intense. The The next week I'm looking at the long term, we've got above zero every day, you know, three, four degrees. Not quite summer. but Thank heavens for small mercies. Exactly. You, yeah. It's going to start thawing eventually, and then you'll be in a position to get those plants outside and your whole fungal gnat problem will disappear. What's more concerning is the stickiness on the leaves. What you need to do is you need to look very closely. Look at the back of the leaves. You may see little white flying insects or little almost opaque dots on the back of the leaves, which are the eggs of an insect called white fly. Or you, you could see no evidence of any insects. And so then it's very confusing. So then you get down and you look at the plant with the sun behind it and you look in the crotches between the leaves and the branches and the stems and you may see some webbing. If you see any evidence of webbing, then what we suspect is spider mites. Okay. Hibiscus are very susceptible to both, white fly and spider mites. Both of them suck juices from the plant, leave holes behind and nectar drips out, and that's where the stickiness comes from. Well, when the sun's coming in the window right now on the on the trees, mm-hmm. and I can see uh, right through them. I don't see no signs of webbing whatsoever. Okay, so that's good. So then the next thing is to look at the back of the leaves, see if you see any evidence of eggs or insects whatsoever. Bottom line, you're going to get a hold of a product that's called... I'm pretty sure it's still called this. I should know my updated names. It's called Endall, E-N-D-A-L-L. Oh, I have that in my shed. Perfect. I've used that. Yes, and when you use it, follow the instructions. You shake, shake, shake because there's canola oil in there. You've got to keep that oil mixed up with the pyrethrins that are in in that solution. You are going to be spraying thoroughly. So best to take this plant into the bathroom, <laughs> into the bathtub, spray because you're going to get this oily overspray. When you're spraying properly, you're spraying, you know, beyond the plant. Yeah. And of course, you don't want that on the curtains and rugs and furniture in your living room. So make sure you're in a place where you can spray to the dripping point with uh, an oily spray. So it's too early to get outside. It's going to be too cold. But perhaps you have a garage or someplace you could do this, or like I said, the, the, right in the bathtub. Spray, yeah. and you will find that you will, again, lower the uh, population of the insect. Spray twice over 10 days, and you should eliminate them. Okay, that sounds great, Charlie. Okay. Just get the name of the, the sticks again that went in the soil? Yes, just the word sticky, S-T-I-C-K-Y, and then sticks, S-T-I-X. 
Okay, Thank you very much. You're okay, very Vicki, welcome. thanks for joining the show. Hey, take care. Have a great Saturday and a great weekend, for that matter. We'll be along to talk to Sandy and Ruth in just moments here at AM 740-953, our time. You're listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on AM 740 Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Charlie, what say we zoom up to cottage country, Gravenhurst mm. area? Sandy's on the line. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Morning. Yes. I'm glad you took those yellow pants off, Frank. <laughs> yeah, my transparent yoga pants. Yeah. That didn't look good. No, no. no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay, I have a quick question about a violet. Mm-hmm. And I have one that I've been babying, and it's almost ready to bloom. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be away for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I set it in a bigger bowl with some water in it. Would it... That wouldn't be the best. No? No, because, it, you know, you think, oh, I'll just give it water in advance. But the problem is it, to sit in water is never an optimal for any plant, particularly a violet. What I would do is two things. Take it away from the window. Put it into lower light than it's currently in. Okay. It will use less water. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a hold of just even like a, a big handful of spag moss, sphagnum moss. Yes. yes. And what you would do is you would get a... A bowl, uh, you know, it might be kind of like a mixing bowl. Mm-hmm. You'd get that spag moss all nice and wet and, and wring it out so that it's not just full of water. You know, it's, it's like a sponge, so it'll just be super moist but not actually sitting in water. But there's your bowl, there's your moist spag moss, and then I would sit my African violet into the bowl onto the spag moss. Oh. And what will happen is the moisture in the spag moss will be available to the African violet to access as it needs to without actually sitting in liquid. So the spag moss will slowly dry down, and the African violet will be surrounded by all that moisture, and it should be fine. And if you take it away from the light, it'll just use less water. So you're, And, of course, turn your temperature down in your home before you go. So you're leaving it at, you know, 50 yeah. degrees kind of thing. And, again, a lot of the uh, water uptake will slow down as the temperature cools off by your plants. Very good. And okay. And it'll suck up the water. It there you go, and it should be fine when you get home. Okay, thank you very much. Lots you're of luck welcome. with that, Sandy. Bye. Bye-bye now. As we say hi to Ruth, calling in from Shelburne, Ontario. Good morning, Ruth. Hello. Morning. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. I have a problem. Mm. I have planted several tulip bulbs, daffodil bulbs, but the problem is all the greenery comes up for the tulips. And my husband says, my tulips are growing upside down. You get the greenery, but you don't get any tulips. And then on top of this, I put uh, like uh, fertilizer, whatever it is, to kill slugs uh-huh. in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe that's what's wrong. Or maybe the bulbs are old or, old, or mm-hmm. maybe it's the soil. Okay, so the tulips that you've planted, tulips and daffodils, are these newly purchased or where have they come from? Well, I put extra ones every year, uh-huh. and I get them at uh, Co-op, a uh, okay. garden yeah. center there. So you're getting fresh ones in the fall, putting yeah. them in the ground in the fall, lots but of leaves in the spring. We don't get any flower. Okay, is it possible that some little varmints, uh, groundhogs, squirrels, that sort of thing, are... No, 
I check that. Yeah. So there's definitely no flowers coming up. Well, they try to get in there, but I make sure I get them out of there. Because they'll eat the flowers, eh? They'll just bite them right off. the flowers don't come up. Yeah, so there's some... Like the tulip, all beautiful green leaves and that, Mm -hmm. but there's no tulip. Okay. Uh, The other reason why bulbs don't bloom is that they're not mature enough yet to bloom. Remember when you buy bulbs... have been in there for two, two years. Right. When you buy bulbs, the bigger the bulb, the bigger the flower. It's completely correlated. So um, sometimes smaller bulbs are just, they will bloom eventually. They just aren't blooming yet. Could be that. Uh, the other thing is fertilizer. When, yeah. when you're using fertilizer on bulbs, it's important uh-huh. that you're using a bulb fertilizer or a flowering plant fertilizer. Uh-huh. Not... I'm using Miracle Glow. Okay. Miracle. Miracle Grow in when? In the spring? Yeah. Or in the fall when you plant. Okay, because you shouldn't have to fertilize at all in the fall when you plant. No, uh, once no they, I don't. Once they start to grow, though, it's perfectly appropriate to use a fertilizer. And absolutely, uh, something like miracle Grow will encourage blooms. All right, and when you're planting, of course, you're planting pointy side up. Oh, of course. Yeah, and even if you, if, even if you do, just so you know, even if you plant bulbs upside down, plants are very smart. The stem will spin around. No, they're, not, they're around. not upside down, and some of the yeah. bulbs I have... Uh-huh. Oh, they're they're about they're good bulbs. Uh-huh. They're about maybe two inches wide. Yeah, yeah, but no blooms. No, the daffodils. Well, the squirrels don't like them. No, um, but I'll get maybe I don't know. Maybe there's thirty bulbs in my garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the pair of them, the daffodils and tulips mm-hmm. and crocuses and but. There's no tulips. My husband says maybe the flowers are blooming in China. (laughs) (laughs) They're growing upside down. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's more likely what we were saying. Either varmints are taking, but you're convinced that's not the case. No, because uh, even if the varmints were taking Yeah, you'd see them. How come you got all the green leaves of the tulips and everything but no flower? Well, they won't eat the leaves. They just want the flowers. They're just varmints. The flowers don't even come up. Yeah. All right, well, leave that with me because we're just about done with the show, and so I'll have to let you go now, Ruth. Ruth, leave this with me. I'm going to see if I can come up with any other suggestions for you, and we'll talk about it next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Great question. Because I put in the spring, uh, whatever you call it, for, to get rid of slugs. slugs. Yeah. Well, we'll work I on that problem. Know. At least Charlie will. And I have to get back to you next week. We're fresh thank at a racetrack so here. Okay. Thank you, thank Ruth. Thank you. And okay. uh, dead ahead, of course, uh, Alan Gelman, Dave Rediger with dead Dave's ahead. Corner Garage. Almost the most fun you can have without being arrested. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, the, oh, are you on your own today, Alan? Oh, Alan Gelman. No, there solo you go. shot. There mm-hmm. you go. Our thanks, by the way, to... not only to Dan Ellison, our producer, but uh, trainee James Dooley for doing a fine job indeed, a fine job indeed, darling. And yes. thanks to you, Franklin Proctor, for being the best sous chef around, shoe chef around. <laughs> <laughs> and you're here for a while yet? Yes, I am. I'll You've be back at noon. More shows to come, so have a great day. I hope to see everybody down at Canada Blooms. Thanks, guys. Thanks to the great callers, and I'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.